2: Pod Pod Diva. Hello and welcome back to Pod Diva. This
3: is the Diva Debrief with me, Rachel Shelley. And me, Victoria Broom. And we are celebrating two things, aren't we, Rachel? We are. The first one is the 300th issue of Diva Magazine. So, all the way back from 1994. 1994. We're having a party over
2: here. And you're all invited, and Heather Peace is your date. If you get your glad rags on, 300
3: issues of Diva. 300. (laughs) Think of that. That's a lot of magazines. I mean, let's talk about that for a minute, because that is, I mean, that's quite groundbreaking. What's great in in Diva this month is they've got a 28 years of queer. Wow. Gosh, 1994 was 28 years ago. (laughs) I was looking through that, and it's so nostalgic and lovely, because I actually remember some of those magazines one of the first ones that I ever saw and ever read was the Ellen DeGeneres coming out story because I remember I remember staying up and watching Ellen coming out on on the Ellen show so I remember going into like my local WH Smith and it was always on the top shelf felt a bit naughty getting it from the top shelf (laughs) terrible really that they put a diva LGBTQ women magazine on the top shelf. One of my first magazines that I bought of Diva was the Tipping the Velvet. So because Tipping Uh. the Velvet was massive. I think I was 17 when Tipping the Velvet came out. Oh my goodness me. Keely Hall's. And Rachel Sterling yeah. in Tipping the Velvet. That was huge. That was amazing. Amazing show. The fact that they that they started off
2: in 1994, and I think they were just about putting lesbians front and centre, putting lesbians centre stage. And now, because of the love that is all around Team Diva, which is so inclusive, so international, that they are now the leading brand for LGBTQI+, women and non-binary people. And that's how they've expanded... That's the whole ethos, I think, of Team Diva is to be inclusive, just love all around to the queer community. It's true. <laughs> and we'd like to say thank you to all our listeners. We've been inundated with so many messages of support and love for what we're doing. It's been
3: lovely. It's been really nice. It's
2: been really nice. This Beyond Borders segment, the feature that we have coming up, today in this episode and I wonder if you'd like to talk a bit about Vanessa Victoria because it's you who reached out to her in the first place
3: yeah so what's amazing about Vanessa is that she's a very very inspirational person and she's come from a developing country moved to London this is all before we talk about the fact that she's a lesbian she moved to London to start up a business and became a very very successful business owner she's featured in Forbes magazine like she's a super successful business. Owner. And it's interesting in her interview where she says people said to her choosing this lifestyle, which isn't a lifestyle, it's just simply who we are. She wouldn't be successful in business. Well, she's proven them wrong. So I think we should go over to Venezuela, which is where she's from, and listen to her story.
4: Today, for the Beyond Borders Future, I'm taking you to Venezuela. Hola, my name is Vanessa, I'm from Venezuela. So, my name is Vanessa. So, I was born in Venezuela, uh, South America, just by the Caribbean Sea. Born in a very hot town, we don't really have seasons in my town. It's practically summer, the whole year, uh, with 40 degrees, if you're lucky. I was born there in 1986. If you know anything about Venezuela, you know that we have two parts in the history about my country. You know, the part that the government has been there for the last 20 something years. And the country was doing very well, but then obviously all the corruption and everything just came down. And as Venezuelans, we were forced to live a different life, um, very different to the one we were used to. It shapes a lot my story, and it's one of the reasons why I moved out of the country. I remember in my country, when I was around 16, 15 years old, um, it came out on the magazines that Jerry from The Spice Girls was a lesbian. And I remember all my friends at school were like, oh my god, have you read the news? It was the very first time I heard the word lesbian. And I remember I didn't know what it was. I was just like, oh wow, this all makes sense now. But this is how close-minded my country was. After getting to know this about The Spice Girls, came out to discover. The Old World, the series, and I remember it was only aired in one channel on Sundays, very late, I think it was around 2 to 3 a.m. But I remember I would always stay up and watch it. I I think I was very excited and I was like, where do these people live? Like, I want to find out more, like, I I need these friends. I think at that point I was very fearful of me coming out. You know, I think I lived in fear since I was 16 till I was 19 years old. As I've been told in this country I am. I've always been very BDE. Yeah, I have a very like big dyke energy, and I've never wear like women's clothes or anything like that, so my sister was like, I kind of knew this was a possibility. It's not really illegal to be a gay person in Venezuela you by law you are entitled to, to do it you know you won't be bothered by the authorities for it if you're holding hands on the street What well, is it's not really legal is just um, same-sex marriage so for example when I got married uh, our marriage was not valid in Venezuela if something happened to her or to me while well, we were in Venezuela, for example she was in the hospital or something, then I come in and said she's my wife, I had no rights to to say that. It's not really recognized. And also the same applies when you want to start a family, when you have when you want to have babies or you want to do adoption. It's not recognized as a union between two people. I think gay bars in Venezuela were more for men, for gay men, rather than for lesbians. So we never really did um, gay bars for that reason. I remember a place that we used to hang a lot was in the stairs of a shopping mall. It was a bar, and then they have the stairs, and we will sit in the stairs and buy beers in the bar. And it was more like our safe space rather than going to gay bars and stuff like that. You know, in Venezuela, these things when men will see you with another woman, they will immediately tell you, Oh, you have a girlfriend, so invite her, so you can meet the three of us, which is very, it's very tiring stuff. I remember going out on the streets with my girlfriend at that time, and you know, you would hold hands, and everyone would tell you something. Women would look at you like you're disgusting, Uh, although you look like a man, you wanna be a man, you wanna have a a dick, or I don't know if I can say that. This mom of this girlfriend of mine that would chase me around, a shopping center with a bottle, a glass bottle, telling me that she was going to kill me if I ever come across her daughter again. So yeah, I think I got my heart broken a few times because of, <laughs> because of this family, because of these parents. A huge part of this came because of political reasons. Obviously the country started to deteriorate a bit. A lot of close people in my family, a lot of close friends, they started judging me and putting a lot of pressure. Things like, oh, you'll never be successful in a relationship like this. No one one will take you seriously if you're a lesbian. You will never be professionally successful. You will never have a home. You will never have a family. You will never have love if you carry on with this lifestyle. Love is just a feeling, you know. Love is, 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 is a powerful feeling, it's everything. It's love is not a person, it's not an agenda, it's not sexuality. Love, sexuality, love, love is everything. That part of my life really made me understand that I have to stay true to myself and I have to love whoever I want to love, you know, regardless of who says that I'm doing the incorrect or the correct thing. I started to consider the fact of going away of the country and starting again somewhere else. I started going out with this wonderful new woman who came to my life. Kind of like long distance relationship and then at some point we say, okay, so kind of in love with each other. So that was the point that I decided to to move here to this country. We have a very beautiful relationship, something that I was told I would, I, I would never get. Uh, we build a home, we build a business <laughs> because obviously my business is very pro LGBTQ+, plus. you know, my business is very much into colors, rainbow flags. If I get the chance to say it on an interview, I am a lesbian, I will say it, you know, I'll say it with proud. I make peace with a lot of things and today I am a different person. I am I am Vanessa, I am a lesbian, a business owner, I've got a beautiful dog, i got a beautiful ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, everything really get to the point, you really get to be happy and calm and in peace the day that you accept yourself. Remember, always believe in yourself, don't change. For anyone, you are beautiful, you are amazing, you are who you are.
2: That was Vanessa. Our Beyond Borders feature from Venezuela. I think it's important to say that she recorded that in the UK, where she now lives. But the soundscape is found sound. It is all from Venezuela, but it is found sound. So. You
3: did a very good job there. I thought, Rachel. Well, thank you very much. I thought it was a very good job. <laughs> thank you very much. I enjoyed
2: doing that. That was a yeah. Good
3: one. I think what's interesting about Vanessa's very open and very raw piece. I want to thank her for sending that to us. In comparison to Krishas last month it's a very different experience of lgbtq life she obviously struggled with it what i found so hard to listen to was that her marriage to her wife was not recognized in venezuela she had no rights in venezuela to see if her wife was poorly in hospital it does make me especially and i'm sure a lot of people listening feel very lucky to be in a country where we do have rights, where we are recognised, because I can't even imagine it. Like, just not being recognised for who you love, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I want to thank her for sharing that story because I think stories like that are so important. People's different experiences are so important. So thank you, Vanessa, for sharing that. Absolutely.
2: The celebratory tone of last month's on borders from Alicante compared to this it's striking but it's important that all these stories are. everyone wants to hear themselves represented as Vanessa mentioned in her piece there when she talked about the Spice Girls now I can't I can't Mm. even really remember that I had to
3: google that to see what what that was all about I was like what did I miss this (laughs) Um, you know how tabloid newspapers are. So it kind of came out that she was a lesbian because she said she'd had a sexual relationship with a woman. It was with Mel B. And Mel B openly talked about it on Piers Morgan. But interesting, isn't it, that about representation? The fact that you said, Victoria, that you remember hearing that
2: and this sort of global representation, these storylines that hit everyone of a certain age at a certain time and how important they are for you maybe it was Ellen DeGeneres but for Vanessa it was Jerry from the Spice Girls <laughs> from the Spice hilarious. Girls ginger Spice <laughs> tell me what you want what you really really want well, that was nice Rachel <laughs> I've seen the Spice Girls in concert maybe two or three times I'm not really sure why wow well well done for admitting that
3: on international
2: airwaves <laughs> not quite sure why I think I was I think I was in the right place or someone I don't can't really remember yeah but you the, went
3: three times so it wasn't a mistake you didn't just go oh look who this is <laughs> it was so much
2: fun each time it was so much fun we used to have such a laugh dancing
3: yeah so she's da- she's dancing people she's dancing <laughs> Tell me where you are, Where you have. <laughs> well, well, I really, really, really want to zoom. You know. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? With regards to the representation, it is interesting that Vanessa found comfort, I guess, in the representation of Jerry being a lesbian, even though, like, we know that she's she might not be. But the fact that she found representation in that, and I think that from the '90s, as you're a Spice Girls fan, Rachel, when was when were they at their peak? Was it the late 90s? Um, Everything's a blur when you're a Spice Girls fan. Yeah, everything's a blur. I don't know. When you're a Spice Girl groupie. Spice Girl groupie. There we go. Rachel Shelley has just admitted she is a Spice Girl groupie. Here,
2: You're digging in a big hole. Why is it not cool? Is it not cool to like the Spice
3: Girls? I I think I was a bit too, like, grungy for Spice Girls. I was more into, like, Nirvana Guns and roses. I was like, no, I'm not into Spice Girls. Whereas now I'm kind of into the Spice Girls. Well, that's really interesting. And steps. I get confused with
2: steps because that really is another generation. That just passed me by. Steps
3: is amazing. I cried when steps split. Now, there's a confession.
2: <laughs> I did. Fact. <laughs> but for me, very much a grungy kind of music. But I'd kind of gone through that. So I've been that bit older. I could then embrace my inner vacuousness.
3: Right. That's
2: allowed and just go for the Spice Girls are fun you know I love my serious music I would say my favorite band in the whole wide world is probably Radiohead
3: yeah I mean they're as far as from yeah. the Spice Girls as you can possibly get I think yeah but if you want to have a good night out and just go and dance oh, you don't want to listen to Radiohead Wow, well, I can dance to... Radi- really what you can dance to Radiohead yeah I
2: do my best Tom York you know okay
3: she's dancing people she's dancing.
2: <laughs> you know that shaky thing he
0: does.
3: <laughs> I do I wish, I just wish that there was like a camera on you right now so that the listeners can just watch Rachel Shelley just do like some weird jig <laughs> to Radiohead just then. Tom York, you know that thing that he does in the videos. <laughs> he
2: kind of jolts around. Tom York. Anyway, moving on.
3: Oh, yeah, representation. representations.
2: Representations. Yeah. Who we see on our televisions. It's not, it doesn't just happen by accident there are people who control that i was lucky enough last week to interview kelly valentine henry i was very
3: lucky enough to be cast by kelly in two of her shows which you'll probably know the bisexual being one gangs of london both amazing shows and you have been cast by kelly as well haven't you Rachel? yes yeah kelly's credits are through the roof phenomenal Phenomenal. kelly's an amazing casting director, also an amazing human being. So her new show landed at the end of November on Amazon, which is Wheel of Time, which is a very female powerful queer, I guess, kind of show. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant show, fantasy, it's great. I think we should listen to Kelly's interview right now because it's fascinating. So over to Kelly.
5: I'm Kelly Valentine Hendry, and I am a casting director in film and television. I fell into it by accident. I wanted to be a theatre director, I did a stage management degree at Lambda, so theatre was already kind of in my blood. And I didn't have a job to go to one day, and I, at that time, shared a flat with a junior assistant at a very big agency, and she said, oh, this big company wanted uh, an assistant to start the next day. And I thought, sure. So I went and had a coffee with them. And the next day I was working with them. And I've been a casting assistant associate director ever since. So complete luck. So I am the casting director of Bridgerton. A lot of B shows, actually. Rock Church. <laughs> Her <laughs> Bancroft, the bisexual. I could keep going. I cast a show called The Wheel of Time on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of casting The Last Kingdom. Oh, a wonderful show for Sky called Gangs of London. of course, Deep State and Branchester. And episodes, of course. There's so many I've forgotten, Rachel. <laughs> I'm he/she Pronouns. I would describe myself as queer, but I would mostly describe myself as a lesbian. I am married to a woman. I think being a queer woman in our industry, um, it's definitely helped. When you're in a minority, you tend to think about other minorities. As you go along, it's all part, you're all part of the same. I was going to say sisterhood, but I don't mean sisterhood. It's more than that. I think I'm much more able to quickly call out or go looking for something that would be perceived as negative or a trope. We are in a business, and it is changing now rapidly, not maybe not enough, whereby everything was being written through the lens of a white male. A lot of white men don't know any lesbians, don't know any gay people, don't know any trans people, the list goes on, don't know any black people. So therefore, sometimes when men were starting to write in roles, they were writing it from a perspective that they maybe only themselves had seen themselves on television or maybe by what someone had told them. So our world has opened up so much more in the last, would it be fair to say, five years? It's not opened up quick enough um, and we've been flooded with storytelling, thank goodness, by other people other than white men. Casting directors are there when the first scripts come in. So we're the first people that can point out and say, do you know what, that's not fair. And it's not just about lesbians or gay people. It's about even women. And I can say, why is the wife here written in her 40s and the man is in his 70s? (laughs) You know what, writers or directors or producers usually sit back and go, oh gosh, no, do you know what? You're absolutely right. Let's change that. And it's not done with any malice, but it's there. Being a casting director, queer casting director specifically, I tend to get offered projects that have a little bit of a queer slant on them. And I really like that because I'm passionate about it and I believe in it. And I really, really care about the audience that we're making our TV shows for. And I really care in the debate about, you know, should gay people play gay roles? And I like being part of that conversation. I feel that I'm in the right places to have those discussions. I invest in it. It's never affected me negatively, being a queer person in my business. And I've been given opportunity my entire life, if I'm honest, because of the fact that I am, I hate to say like a white middle-class woman, regardless of my sexuality. So I do find myself incredibly lucky because my lens is my lens, you know, I can't pretend for a second to be, you know, speaking on behalf of others. It's never stopped me and I hope I help. I think we're catching up because we're getting gay writers are coming through in the writer rooms and people are being given an opportunity to tell stories that the people at the top, let's just face it, weren't interested in telling because we are a minority and at the end of the day, you know, television and film is a a money-making business and you need bums on seats. And it's really difficult to do that when you're making something for a minority. Lesbians on television are usually one or two things. They're usually a strong woman who's put into a situation where men don't want to listen. I don't think we see enough lesbians who are just everyday people on scene. And that sort of is starting to annoy me. I feel like there's certain television shows at the moment that are like, right, strong women, mm, let's make her a lesbian. Now, don't get me wrong, I love that strong women are being, you know, that lesbians are being portrayed as strong women, but we're always police women. I don't think there's enough subtlety in lesbian characters. It's not until writers come really to the front and there's more lesbian directors and there's more lesbian commissioners. There's more lesbian heads of networks. I'm very proud of The Bisexual, the Desiree Akhavan show that I cast. The diversity on that show that's visible and actually even silent is... I think, probably the greatest achievement that I've had. People might not realise it, but there's a lot of representation on that show. I mean, sometimes you don't need to wear that representation on your sleeve so much, because a lot of people are always like, you must cast more gay actors. I cast gay actors all the time. You just don't know they are. It's, that's their personal choice to be out or not to be out. But there's a lot of gay actors out there. I am really proud of The Wheel of Time that is about to come out. It's a very inclusive show. It's very female led. It's a lot of people's favourite book of all time. It's got a lot of people through a lot of pain. It's got so much inclusion. You're going to love it. I don't think that only gay actors should play gay roles. And I've spoken about that many times. It's difficult to say that because I understand why that could be the case. And It's a Sin is a great example of authenticity. And the show was incredible. But I don't agree with the statement. I don't think the comment is correct, but I respect what he did and it definitely worked. I'm all about opportunity. I think you do have to give people a lift up sometimes and it's about visibility. And I believe that if you have people on screen or on the stage or in print that are visible and they're a minority, it will give hope and hopefully bring forth more people who look at, the, look at themselves in the media and go, I see me. And if you see me, maybe I, can, maybe I can go to drama school. Maybe I can be a writer. Maybe I can be a director. Maybe I can be a cinematographer. However, it's a very, I don't want to use the word dangerous place to be by saying only gay people can play gay roles because acting is such a nuanced profession And in saying that, does that mean that Jonathan Bailey, an out gay man, can't play a straight man in Bridgerton? That's again about opportunity, because I could twist that. He has spent his whole life playing straight people. He is now given an opportunity in the main spotlight to play a huge romantic leading man. And it's not because of his sexuality, it's because of he's actually really good at what he does. Also, why should you put pressure on an actor to wear their sexuality on their sleeve in order to get a role. That's what I meant. They were getting into very gray water there. What other job do you, (laughs) would you get a job because of your sexuality? It's about being an ally. It's about understanding. I was gonna say gay struggle. Why are we always talking about it? It's always gay being a struggle. It's about the celebration of it. (laughs) I respect Russell's way of working like that. And I do think for that show it really worked and I really respect the fact that he did cast actors who were openly out with AIDS as well. And I think that's fantastic. It's not my stance. So my message to gay actors out there who are struggling with this concept of, should I be wearing my sexuality on my sleeve? Will it prevent me from playing a gay role if I don't put my hand up and say, I am gay now? You can give that information to your agent and they can choose to give that information if you're comfortable with it. Equally something else that happens every time that I am casting a queer role, and I'll use that big umbrella, so many people, when they sit down, before we start the audition will say, could I just say something? I'm actually bisexual. I'm actually lesbian. What I like to provide and the people who work with me at KVH is to provide a space that would make an actor who was queer be able to, if they wanted to, talk about it, to make sure that that person isn't forced into revealing their sexuality. As we've discussed, it's incredibly personal. I don't think actors should feel like they're missing out because they're not going, guess what, guys? I'm part of the queer community. It's not fair. The casting room is a safe space, and if you ever come out of an audition and you feel that it hasn't been, you must tell your agent and your agent must then report it to the CDG because it is unacceptable for anybody, no matter who they are, to come out of a casting and feel pressurised, you know, devalued, asked inappropriate questions. As casting directors, we really want to hear about that when that happens to you. Equal opportunity, that's what it's down to. That's my position and certainly the position of my office at KVH Casting. It's all about opportunity.
3: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
2: So that was Kelly Valentine Hendry. I love talking to Kelly about all things casting. Obviously, it's part of our world, Victoria, as actors. But I think even if you're not involved in the industry at all, you're not even aware how it impacts on you on a daily basis because it's there on your TV screen, and because it's on your TV screen, it's gonna be in your newspapers, it's gonna be in your magazines. It's a really crucial, pivotal role that Kelly plays. Queering up television.
3: Queering up. What I found really interesting was talking about It's a Sin. So we know that Russell T. Davis, who's the showrunner of It's a Sin, kind of very, very, very clearly said, I only want to cast gay actors in gay roles. Yeah. So so yeah. there are kind of two sides of me yeah. about should gay actors play gay roles. As an actor, I don't think that's necessary at all. Mm. It's a job. Mm. You should be able to play any any role that you want. But I do feel that LGBTQ voices are not being heard as much and therefore behind the scenes, there should be more push and more representation. What are your thoughts, Rachel?
2: <laughs> I love I loved what Kelly said because in what other career would your sexuality stop you getting a job? Mm-mm. If if a if yeah. an actor is a finger pointed at an actor and said, "But you're not gay, how can you play this?" You don't know. You don't know what my story is. Yeah. I might have had a million yeah. flings with women, with men. You don't know what yeah. my background is. Yeah. I can play a spectrum of characters from all different walks of life and backgrounds and careers and education. Now whether I am good at that, that's for the casting director and the director to decide. If I am portraying their view of this character and inhabiting it, which I think is what it comes down to, inhabiting a character, then great. If someone tries mm. to play a role
3: and they and you don't believe them Well I think everybody believed Helena Peabody. <laughs> Well,
2: I, I mean, I don't know. I hope so, Very good but I'm
3: representation there,
2: <laughs> Rachel. Talking to Kelly now. If the L word was cast now, would I even be seen for that role? I don't know. I don't think I no, would. So,
3: as a lesbian woman, so not mm. as an actor, just as a lesbian mm. woman, I would mm. love to see. That lesbians playing lesbian roles. I just think it's great for my little kind of queer heart when I was a kid going because when Ellen came out it was huge. It was like whoa this is amazing. I think it should be based on talent who gets the role. Yeah. I just wish that there was a lesbian or queer female showrunner that turned around and went I only want to cast queer women in queer female roles. That's not been done, there has never been a straight Oscar Wilde represented on television or on stage as far as I can remember because he's an historical gay figure, that hasn't been done for gay women and I just wish that someone would have faith in queer female actors. The other side of me goes, but it shouldn't really matter as long as the stories are being told. So that's my quandary. Rachel, I'm in a quandary yes, a about quandary. it. I can,
2: I can see that. I, can total, I totally understand that. I just
3: don't think it's level playing field for, for men and women in general, like minus sexuality. Kelly actually cast our cover star, Heather Peace, in Lip Service. Oh, Lip Service, I remember that.
2: That was huge on British television. That was huge. This is, you know, what they kind of called the British L word. And she cast Heather. When you read this amazing interview that's in Diva this month, you realise Heather came out
3: when that was on air. She came out, I think, because her agent said to her, you have to be prepared to talk about your sexuality if you're going to take on this role. Did you have to talk about your sexuality when you took on Helena Peabody? No. Was no that a one, thing? No, no. No. Interesting.
2: No one mentioned anything like that to me. I was never I was never prepped. I was never advised or anything like that. And I think that's fine. Heather also talks about how she was nearly outed by a tabloid, having a producer saying to her yeah. when she was in the show before lip service that your male totty, please don't come out and let everyone know that you're gay. I mean, my... I mean. So without further ado, let's listen to this little audio feature that goes under the covers with our cover star, Heather Peace.
3: You have been invited to
2: the biggest, queerest, most les tastic birthday bash, Christmas party
3: extravaganza.
4: I'm Heather Peace.
3: And I'm on the cover of the 300th issue of
2: Dima. This is Heather as you've never seen her before. She is, in fact, our record-breaking cover star who's been on the most covers out of anyone ever. Come dance with the Heather Peace is dressed up to the nines, glamorous as anything, still keeping that authentic Heather vibe that we know and love so well.
3: It's nice to be glammed up. I'm so glad
0: we
3: didn't just do like natural, you
2: know, it's mm. like, oh, every day of my life's fucking natural. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Photographer
4: Leslie of Leslie and Rose fame. Rose was thinking we're going to like take it up a notch yeah. with Heather in terms of just making it look really sharp, Gucci, go all out. It's the best shoot we've done so far. But I like people who've got an edge, who are self aware, who've got an energy. Ooh,
2: me attitude Ooh, yeah. Just what you want, yeah, lovely good. bit of attitude I sort of got
5: home and I had a bit of a spring
3: in my step And remember who I used to be It actually lifted my soul a bit
5: I think you definitely nailed the lesbian Elvis vibe.
3: You do sort of live within the drudgery of being a parent, and, and just having to get really boring stuff done all the time. almost gave me like a little confidence boost.
5: So thank you.
3: And
2: Wow, what a role model! And we were lucky enough to be able to feature Heather's track "Here in My Heaven," available on iTunes and Spotify. This month's cover of Diva. Let's just talk about Heather. Peace, looking
3: amazing oh, for looking a moment.
2: Amazing. I mean, and I looking love very it. Christmassy.
3: I thought as well, looking very suave, looking very dapper, looking
2: very Elvis. I think
3: that's the what Ro- Roxy said. Yeah, yeah. But just yeah. sort of
2: Elvis is alive, and she's beautiful.
3: whoever's I think that, it was Madonna, Madonna about Katie Lang, wasn't yes. it? It's got that kind of vibe. Yes. It's got That kind of feel, she
2: looks gorgeous and she looks festive. And talk about a party! I mean, here we are, we're starting to get into the Christmas mood now. But yeah, Heather looks fantastic, rocking that cover, I would say, rocking it. And of course, her music, she's one of these renaissance women who's like, Yes, I'm an actor, yes, I'm a musician. She does all these different things, and she was also. On Radio, Radio Diva, Diva for several years, presenting that with Rosie Wilby, who is, by the way, has a great book, The Breakup Monologues. That's out and she's even done an audio book of it. If you're in need of a bit of Rosie Wilby, download the audio book, The Breakup Monologues.
3: And carrying on this like representation in, in the media and what Kelly's done for kind of our community there's another feature in the magazine from daisy jones so the all the things she said um feature where she actually talks about representation and that it's very historical and it's all kind of period dramas which which is true and i do love a period drama but she's got a Point. Like tipping the velvet going back to that. But that was and, so good. <laughs> Maybe it's the corsets. It's yeah. just like, woo. I mean, a painted gold woman helped as well. <laughs> Daisy Jones, all the things she said,
2: she's going to be featuring in an upcoming Diva Dialogues called Game Changers, which features Daisy Jones, Sean Fay, who wrote The Transgender Issue, and Cheryl Skeet, who's the founder of Black Tress UK. They're all going to be in a Diva Dialogue coming up later this month. So that's one to listen out for. Also, we've got more of Heather Peace, of course, and the wonderful
3: Melissa Etheridge. Legend. So that's two legends there. Two lesbian legends. At least two lesbian legends. At least two lesbian legends.
2: And I thought the magazine generally was just a bumper crop for Christmas. It's almost like Christmas has come early. Get your magazine. There's so much to read. One little yeah. nugget that I loved that I wanted to share with listeners on the debrief today was this article by Faye Barrett, which was Can't Help Falling in Love. And it was just a word that I'd never heard before. It was so before. interesting. So yeah. interesting. I, something called limerence. Yes. Which I'd never heard of. It's experienced <laughs> by all humans when we go into a state of romantic interest or sexual attraction. And it's our brains. It's your
3: endorphins, right? Yeah. yeah, our
2: brains are pumping out lots of opiates, which is why we feel stoned because we are literally stoned. Yeah. And it's that yeah. feeling. It's maybe not love, but it's definitely. But I oh, love no, that it's word. It's your
3: endorphins going crazy. Yeah, liberant. There are these endorphins that kind of make you feel as high as a kite, yeah. and are slightly yeah. addicted to that feeling. So you want more of it. So you go right. Let's. Get a U-Haul and get a cat and drink peppermint tea. like that, that type of thing, you know. <laughs> also, it was very interesting for me to hear Heather Peace talk about
2: being a mummy and then having that photo shoot and saying that it shot her back into a different lifetime when she lived in this world of glamour and photo shoots. It's such a change from her world of being a mother. The monotony that that can be, I really understood that. Be- when you step back into your old world, it feels mm. like a different lifetime. Like, who was that person? That was a different person to who I am now, completely. Does it
3: give you your confidence back? Do you kind of get, like, not that you're under <laughs> anyway, but do you go, yeah, this is... Oh, it's, def- this it's is- definitely a bit of a boost. You might get a bit of limerence kind of thing. <laughs> for- what are you doing for Christmas? Christmas, I-
2: did you hear jingle bells? Anyway, I'm going to the British Suffolk seaside Aww. and I'm just going to be with the family, walking the dog, just cozy. No big plans, just That sounds perfect. Cozy little Christmas at the seaside.
3: Again, jingle bells whenever I say Christmas.
2: How about you? What are you doing? So
3: this year, all being well, fingers crossed, touching wood as we speak, I'm going home. I'm seeing I'm seeing my parents and we're going to my sisters. We're having a nice, lovely kind of family Christmas and that's it I love Christmas Christmas is like one of my favourite times of year I just love the whole build up to it I love giving gifts I love wrapping gifts wrapping is like one of my favourite things I just love it so much I love the big cook for
2: Christmas day I love all the food I love are you
3: goose turkey <laughs> what
2: it's a turkey goose? I'm a turkey but I always do a ham it's become a thing that I've started doing ham and I love it and I put all those little um, Oh, the
3: things. In. Mm. Yeah, and all the lovely Everyone sauce. over to Rachel's for Christmas.
2: <laughs> if You're you're all welcome. All vegetarians listening, I'm sorry. No, come Christmas I'm going to be elbow deep in ham fat, you know. Throughout this next month, we've got so much to keep you company. You can listen to Heather Peace, Melissa Etheridge and we have the Game Changers. So, we're with you all the way through and into the new year. Woohoo! <laughs> So there's nothing left for us to say but wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy your 300th
3: issue of Diva it's Magazine. It's a good issue, people. It's, it's a, a really bumper good issue. issue. We'll yeah. see
2: you all in 2022
3: mm-hmm. <gasps> I've lost two years oh my no goodness on.
2: <laughs> until the next time you've been listening to Pod Diva the Diva Debrief Pod. Pod Diva thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine the world's leading brand for LGBTQI plus women and non-binary people please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts you can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine you can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk Pod Diva queers for
3: your ears
0: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.